0: Play action for Kirk from under center, straight drop. Kirk trying to win it to Thielen, caught
1: at the five. Cousins, Thielen, 42 on the Saints. Kirk takes the snap, looks right, fade left, end zone, and it is caught. Touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie, and thank you for spending some time with us today. We're getting together during the NFL Combine. Got Miles Gorham, Matt Anderson, and sports guy Ryan. Welcome, gentlemen, and let's get right to it with some key topics today. We're talking about what to do, what to look for at the NFL Combine, It starts with Miles. Miles, we got some Combine interviews now. Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer both on the podium. Zimmer talked today. So, Miles, what do you think about just the words he shared, what he had to say about Everson Griffin, about Anthony Harris, just Mike Zimmer interview in general?
0: Yeah, I think the nice part about the Zimmer interviews during the Combine and during the offseason, he definitely seems a little happier than when he is during the season. <laughs> you could tell Zim doesn't really enjoy the in-season, all the in-season interviews, all the press conferences, just because he wants to do, get to work. He wants to. You could tell that he just wants to focus on the game or whatever wherever they have going on during the, during the season. He just wants to focus on that and not really worry about press conferences and such. So it's a little bit refreshing to kind of see the the funner side of Zim during the offseason. So I, that's always nice to see. Um, he's always a, a guy that's really bad at hiding, and he, he's not a good liar. And it's it's obvious when you when he's asked questions by the media and such. Like they will ask him some pretty blatant, uh, like point blank questions, and he he's really bad at at even like trying to finagle his way around it or you know and do that kind of thing. So it's it's nice. So like we heard today, uh, Zimmer was asked about Everson Griffin, and he said flat out, "We met with his agent yesterday, and we expect to have Everson Griffin back." Now, that doesn't mean that guarantees him that he's going to be back, but um, I, it just sounds like there's a lot of confidence on their end, on Zimmer's end, that they're going to find a way to get him back. So I, I would believe that that's the, that's the plan. And then also the the flip side, talking about Anthony Harris and being asked about his thoughts on Anthony Harris and him talking about how good of a player he is and the guy that he he basically feels that he deserves whatever money is coming his way. He didn't say it, but... Reading reading between the lines, it really feels like that they don't anticipate being able to bring Anthony Harris back just because he's going to be such a high dollar amount. And we, I think we all knew that. We all expected that. The guy's last two seasons have been at an elite level. Um, he's a free agent. It's his turn to cash in. And um, it's one of those moves that uh, the Vikings don't really have the luxury of paying for. But even Zim kind of hinted at himself saying, That position that Anthony Harris plays, not that he's not an elite level player, but Zimmer doesn't value that second safety position as highly as maybe even the fans would just because of the type of player Anthony Harris is. Uh, It really feels like Zimmer believes that he could bring in somebody else and help mentor or develop that player, and maybe not even to the level of Anthony Harris. That's really hard to do, but at least someone that can come in and fill that role and not make it such a detrimental issue to the defense so um hearing him talk about that was um is always fun to hear it's it's nice to kind of hear him be candid and talk talk that way so that was good to hear and then him talking about some of the hires the coaching hires and such is always good too um sounds like he's pretty excited about dom capers i'm curious and excited to kind of see what what kind of changes dom capers is going to help bring to the scheme if any at all or if he's more of just going to be a and an extra set of eyes. I would feel like he'd be the kind of guy that would come in and, and help maybe tweak a few of the scheme and things that Zim has going on. And knowing that they're likely not going to be able to pay for safety and cornerbacks in free agency, or at least none of the elite level players to bring in, they might need to find some ways to kind of help scheme around helping those guys out the younger guys, you know, the Mike Hughes, um, Holden Hill. And um, we've heard a lot of Chris Boyd talk, at least uh, I have this week from uh, Paul Allen on KFAN. Rick Spielman's touched on it. Um, I don't even know. I think Zim touched on it when he when he talked with PA. But um, so it sounds like there might be opportunities for some of those young guys to come in and really get opportunities to play this year. Um, So it sounds like Zim might find ways to with Dom Capers to uh, help those guys out a little bit because putting them on an island might not be the right approach. But that's just kind of the stuff I took away from Zim's press conference today. And um, like I said, pretty refreshing and nice to just hear when Zibs in a in a good mood.
1: Yeah, it was same old Zimmer from my point of view. He was refreshing. He was kind of even keel. You know, fan base tends to be up and down. Zimmer is a little comforting, and he really only talked about the defense, which is just classic Mike Zimmer. So <laughs> shocker. shocker, defense first. So Rick Spielman talked, too, and he went the day before Mike Zimmer. He talked a little bit about the offense, but had some interesting answers to questions during his interview. Ryan, were there any big takeaways you had from the Rick Spielman press conference? I know we kind of talked about Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook. What did you take away from that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, listening in on that on that press conference, you can tell that uh, Rick definitely has um, some ideas on what he anticipates wanting to do uh, either later on in this off season, and or you know, basically showing his cards in terms of what he wants to do with Cook. It sounds like he is pretty excited about the opportunity uh, to try to keep. The core guys in term, in the way he termed it, the core guys in house, um, and, and uh, indicating that Dalvin Cook was one of those core guys. I know that I've been pretty vocal, um, on Twitter around not going that route and not paying a running back. Um, so I'm excited to kind of see what his plan is for that and where those numbers are going to come in. Uh, we might not know. He kind of alluded to the fact that it probably won't happen until later this off season. Typically, uh, you know, after the draft is. I think the when he said that that usually comes up. So I, I thought that piece was pretty interesting. Um, and and uh, alluding to the the digs rumors, uh, I liked how when he. Uh, was asked that question, basically just chuckled and, and, and shrugged it off like, What are you guys talking about? This is the stupidest question I've ever heard. Um, he didn't say that, but that's exactly what that chuckle was for. So um, he's basically just indicated what many of us on, on Vikings Twitter, uh, Miles, Matt, me, have, have really said in, in terms of he's not going anywhere. There's no reason. He has no leverage. There, it's just, it's not, it's a non issue. It's a, it's a fan made issue. Um, and it was kind of refreshing to hear that.
1: I agree. It's actually the first time the Stefan Diggs trade thing has been mentioned, I think, when we've gotten together. So none of us even thought that it ever had a chance of happening. It's just Stefan being Stefan on Twitter, y'all. He likes to fuck with people. Just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and it,
0: and it to me, none of like some of it probably has nothing to do with football at all. And no. my, the whole thing of speculating on, on something that you have no, no idea of what he's even saying has been ridiculous to me. Like, unless he mentions football specifically, the Vikings specifically, wanting to be traded specifically, taking his tweets and trying to like formulate what they mean is just like impossible. Like, you're literally speculating on nothing you know anything about. None of us know anything about what he's tweeting. So, trying to like decipher it makes zero sense to me. It's just always been ridiculous. Yeah. The, uh,
2: the the way I look at it, too, is there's not a picture uh, that can encapsulate Stefan Diggs more outside of his own profile pic than the troll Patrick that he has right. on his Instagram and on his Twitter. So, you know, I mean, I'm that's exactly really what he's doing. It's
0: literally yeah. a troll account. But, um, one thing. One thing I wanted to touch on, too, about the Rick Spielman presser is uh, Ryan, you touched on the uh, um, Dalvin Cook extension likelihood or possibility that that Rick touched on, but at the same time, it sounds like Kirk Cousins is kind of in that same boat where I think in a perfect world, I'm not saying our perfect world, in the Vikings, Rick Spielman, the front office perfect world, it sounds like if they could get a deal done with, with Kirk Cousins next week or tomorrow and get him extended and lower his cap in 2020. It sounds like that's something they would do right now. So um, he made it seem like they're going to work to make that happen. I don't know how difficult an extension with Kirk is going to be because it's in such a weird situation. He obviously has the fully guaranteed contract right now. What does that next contract look like? It is it a shorter-term contract? Is it a four- to five-year deal where they want to help spread out some of that cap and some of that money? I don't know, but and that's why I think it's such a, a curious situation, just because we don't know what that's going to look like, or even if what what does Kirk want to agree to? Like I've seen people say, like we know Kirk's going to get paid, whether it's here or somewhere else next, like this offseason or next offseason. That's just a foregone conclusion. That's the situation he's in. That his age, his his ability, and just the the QB market in itself. But I just wonder, I, I'm never a proponent, not a proponent, I'm never going to fault a player for taking as much as they possibly can get. But I, I've heard some people um, across, you know, Vikings media talk about, well, Kirk, if you want to make sure that you get, let's say, a hypothetically, a left guard or another receiver or something to help this team and to help himself, are you willing to take a little bit less per, per year to help, keep the, the cap flexibility so the Vikings can sign another player or two to help him out I'm not saying he needs to do that but I think that is a, a conversation the Vikings would probably bring toward Kirk and say hey if you're willing to take 33 million per year instead of 35 I don't know that's just a hypotheticals here but if you are willing to do something like that and, and and do a little things like that and lower your cap hit and all that this year that would really help you because you're going to still get paid while at the same time, we're going to be able to bring in somebody else to help you. Those are all things that just, um, I would assume the Vikings are approaching Kirk with when they, when they talk to
1: him about an extension this week. Interesting. So I, I don't know, have we decided whether we want a Kirk extension? Do we want Kirk here for one more year or three more years? Matt, what do you think? Uh, I think in an ideal situation, uh, he's, he just plays out his contract. Uh, and it's nothing against Kirk, the person or the player. You know, I, I thought he played fantastic last year. You know, if we shore up the offensive line and do some other things, obviously, I think that we could make it make it pretty far again next year. But uh, I think it, it, Miles alluded to it, but it's that cap hit year in and year out, and a lot of teams you're seeing they're having success just because they have a really good quarterback on a rookie deal, and so it's just really hard for me to to agree to another kirk extension because i think i don't see him elevating his game even more than what we saw last year so yeah I, I, for me it's just really difficult to sign him or cook to a to a long term extension i think an extension would signify that spielman doesn't trust himself in the draft of quarterbacks i mean you see all these teams going the young quarterback route so if the vikings extend kirk right now that's kind of a preemptive move that's saying we know he's going to be your long term we don't want to extend him after patrick mahomes signs a big deal after some of the other quarterbacks sign a big contract so let's try to get kirk in at a discount now that way i'm not pressured into drafting a quarterback i i, I can see that i mean
0: and i th- also think like Rick's the type of person he hasn't truly had stability at the position. And I think for as easy it is for us as fans to be like, well, why pay that guy that much money when you could move on and try to find somebody else in the draft? From uh, like Rick and Zim perspective of all the QB carousel that they've had, continuing that carousel. Well, part of that reason they've had the carousel is because of, of injuries. You know, that obviously Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford so we don't know where those guys would have, would be at right now. I'd assume Teddy Bridgewater would still be the the franchise quarterback. Obviously, those scenarios happened. They had Case Keenum come in. They knew that was kind of a flash in the pan. But it seems like now that they view they view Kirk, and I've heard Gary Kubiak say it too. He believes that he's in his prime of his career right now. So that that could also be a part of um, their thought process too, as the age. The he they don't believe that he's fully peaked. I'm not saying I agree with that, but that could be their rationale and their, and their, and their thinking behind it. And basically them uh, being like, well, we have this stability. We have a guy that we believe can stay healthy. He's proven that he can stay healthy and a guy that is a good quarterback. We know Kirk's a good above average quarterback. There are flaws. We know that we know that the small things we don't need to get into those details now, but like there are those things that we obviously know that, that hold him back, but he is a good quarterback. and there's no ifs, ands or buts about that. And I think, Rick and, and Co are basically looking at it like, well hey, we, we have a guy that is good enough to win with. Obviously they need to put a lot around him to do that, but they know that they can do it. So I think there's that idea that, hey we can do it. Why would we try to change that right now in a situation where Rick in, Rick and Zim are working for their jobs. So um, I, I would not be surprised at this point if a Kirk extension happened um, in the coming weeks, months, leading up to the season
2: you know miles and you make you make a great point i you know it's easy as us as fans to say hey yeah let's this is a draft with what six six pretty interesting quarterbacks that will likely go in the first two maybe three rounds right uh you know with you know the the top being burrow the the bottom being like jalen hurts maybe but yeah, it's not our jobs that are on the line. It's not our livelihood. It's not our families that are going to have to move if uh, the, the move doesn't work out. Now, granted, I, I've been one of the bigger advocates for let's let him run out his contract. Let's bring in a guy like a Jordan Love or a Jacob Eason or, a, or a Jalen Hurts and and you know let them learn and let them grow. That's the I, mean, I, I, you know, I would love to do that. But At the same time then that's basically saying and and actually you know you you said this to us the last time we met was you know that's basically saying we made a mistake with kirk and how are you going to sell that to ownership and uh and you know that that's a tough pill to swallow and and i get where they're coming from there but again in the best interest of the franchise in my Fan opinion <laughs> is that you know I think there's better routes to go than extending him, but again, I'm not the one calling the shots, and it's not my job on the line. Yeah, well, and I I like I like understand why they would extend him. It's not just
0: like saying, oh, like how could they do that? Like I get it; it makes sense. Like I don't think anybody could look at this situation and be like how could they do that? When you look at the the body of work, like there are reasons why Kirk deserves an extension, whether you want him to get one or not. There are like there are still reasons to believe and understand why they would do it.
1: Well, my issue with the whole extension right now is that you know, Rick and Zimmer have also been allowed to skate by, which some some for fair reasons, some not so fair. But they've been giving a free pass in certain years because of that quarterback instability, and yeah, I agree. and so they. Need to prove they need to prove themselves too that they can win with a stable quarterback because every year is like, Oh, we had a different quarterback. Oh, we have a different quarterback. Well, now you've had the same guy for three years, and you've two years into it, you've made the playoffs in one of those seasons. So if you go one for three with a stable quarterback, no, you don't get to extend that quarterback early. That's a, that's, a good, that's a really good point. You know, you you need to... You don't you don't have to get the right to extend Kirk because you still need to prove that you can build around a Kirk Cousins, that you can build around just one quarterback. Otherwise, you know, it's time for a full reset, not just with Kirk, but with a new GM who's going to get his own quarterback, a new coach who's going to get his own quarterback in the room. So I, what I would hate is for us to extend kirk now then miss the playoffs and fire rick and zimmer but be stuck with kirk cousins i don't think that's fair to the next guy
0: yeah i real quick too on that i think if their intention is to extend kirk and i i believe they're going to try to get a deal done as quickly as they can because then they can know what kind of cap situation they're going to be in this year that they can help add to the pieces in free agency so i do believe if it if it were to happen, it's going to start heating up in the next couple of weeks. Um, I could be ov- obviously wrong, but I, I also believe if their plan is to extend Kirk Cousins, they're they're being given basically their their extensions, Rick and, and Zim's extensions from the ownership, and basically being told from ownership, "Hey, we believe in you. We believe in Kirk. We believe in this situation." So, kind of giving them a little bit more of that uh, security and that go-ahead to extend Kirk. I don't believe that uh, Rick's going to get the go-ahead to extend Kirk without ownership and giving him the go-ahead. Right. So I, I believe that that's the case. They're going to get that like security from all ends to do it. Yeah.
2: And you know maybe it may be a little controversial here, but I would be totally okay not extending Kirk, not extending Zimmer, and not extending Spielman until the – after the season and see what happens what? obviously I like Spielman I think he's done a wonderful job honestly and I and I think he's a great GM honestly um so maybe maybe I'd get, you know give him an extension but you know it, I, I I'm not 100% sold on Zimmer as a long-term answer here and again I think he's a great coach he, he's one of the better coaches in our franchise history there may be some feeling of the times have kind of passed him by with more of his old school mentality of how he runs a football team you know maybe we can bring a little bit more life and energy into the franchise if this season doesn't work out the way we all hope for as in a a deep playoff run or a super bowl
1: yeah agreed well so that was an extended conversation about kirk cousins (laughs) my bad (laughs) you know we spoke mike zimmer we spoke kirk cousins rick spielman they're, they're in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine and it's, you know, I call it the underwear Olympics. They move this crap to primetime now. It reminds me of the Hunger Games where we're just trying to score these college athletes, these kids, trying to figure out who's actually going to be successful on the field. Now, the Vikings, when you got a full salary cap like the Vikings do, they got to take this Combine seriously. They got to have a good draft. Because those players are more likely than not, they're going to go right onto the field come August. So Miles, what positions are you looking for and what traits should we be looking for during the NFL Combine? Speed. (laughs) So I'll start
0: with positions. Looking at it from the Vikings perspective and what we talked about with the Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer press conferences and not expecting Anthony Harris to be back, that would mean Safety is going to be a high priority for this team, free agency or in the draft. And in this case, we can lean the draft. They're going to be looking at guys to test pretty well. Likely looking for a guy to complement Harrison Smith again, somebody that can help be more of a rangy safety that can help help play over the top. Uh, there's a few guys in this draft class that are really good at at doing that. And I think there are, there's a guy that's local in Minnesota that could do that, um, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, he fits exactly what I think the Vikings are looking for. He's a, a guy that gets willing to um, get down in there and put his nose and uh, his head in there and make tackles. He's not afraid to to be aggressive. He, he's also the kind of guy that's a ball hawk. He can go get to football and make plays. He's one guy that I think they're going to have a lot of interest in, whether that's at 25 or if that's at 58 in the second round. Grant Delpit's another guy. Uh, his I do wonder about his... Uh, His kind of lack, yeah, lackluster, uh, or willingness to tackle at points this last year. Uh, His sophomore year was tape was really good. Uh, His tape this last year was quite a little bit underwhelming, and I think that's why people have kind of dropped him down some of their boards. But he's a guy that I'm gonna keep an eye on because I do think he has a little bit of that all around ability and that skill set the Vikings should should covet. But I think you know they get him into a room and talk to him, make sure that tackling isn't going to be a problem because if it is we know Zimmer's not going to not going to stand for that. So he, his DBs have to tackle. So I think that's if Grant Delpit's not willing to do it, you don't have to worry about the Vikings drafting him because they won't. Um, Xavier McKinney's likely the top safety in the draft from Alabama. Um, the Vikings just might not be able to get him. They'd have, they'd have to probably trade up to go get a guy like him. But uh, those are probably the top three guys for me right now and for the Vikings that I think they're going to look at. But in general, like I think safety is just a position that uh, they're gonna key on this during the combine and guys that they're gonna see how they how they do opening their hips how they are um, are they fluid in their in their movements and uh do they have some twitch are they guys that can that can move uh because that's an important position um, and, and ability to be able to do that at safety but you also don't have to have the elite top end speed at the safety position the way you you do at at corner because you have a little bit more of a opportunity to recover as a safety than you do as a cornerback so Jumping into cornerback, that's obviously another position in need. The Vikings have quite a bit of young guys um, that we talked about. So right now, looking at corners, uh, Zim likes – historically, he he would like the bigger, long arms, physical cornerbacks. That was what he had coveted when he first got to Minnesota. He had Xavier Rhodes in place. He drafted Trey Waynes. But then he kind of flipped that a little bit when he drafted Mackenzie Alexander. Obviously, that was to play nickel. Um, they signed the captain Munderland before that, a couple of years before that. They've drafted Mike Hughes recently, but like Holton Hill kind of fits that big physical kind of guy right now. So that, um, that kind of helps kind of sit that. But I think the big physical guys that can run are going to be guys that Zim's probably going to covet at the, at the combine this week, guys that do fit that Xavier Rhodes mold. So I, I, I do think there are a few guys that, that fit that um, in this draft class. Uh, Jeff Gladney from TCU. Christian Fulton from LSU, Bryce Hall from Virginia, and Jalen Johnson from Utah, uh, Cam Dancer from Mississippi State too.
2: Those are the those would be the, some of the names that I think Zimmer is going to have some interest in from the big physical kind of guys. And uh, one thing to kind of notice too on that is most of those guys are expected to go pretty early. I mean, in, in first three rounds for the most Definitely. part, uh, and then that type of mold of guy if you kind of take a look at some of the prospects down the line in the later parts of the draft there's a few you know there's a few guys late rounds that you know be able to do that and aj green you know that stanford samuels from florida state but there's not there's not too many uh so if you're gonna want one of those bigger more physical you know lanky guys you might have to address that position relatively early and, and then you know, in that third, uh, third to fifth round range, you're going to find a lot of nickel corners, which again could end up being a pretty big need here. Your your boy Miles uh, Meek Robertson, yeah, he's good, I like him. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Levanta Taylor, and um, gosh, uh, that uh, UCLA kid—I'm drawing a blank on his name—but you know, there's some good, you know, nickel corners in this draft too. It's a pretty deep class. Just it's it, it is split up though a little bit between those bigger. You know, outside corners and then those more smaller, um, nickel guys. So, so, but definitely a good cra- uh, class to address. And one guy that has been mentioned, which would be a lot of fun, uh, is Trayvon Diggs, of course. Uh, for me, though, taking a look at, uh, some of the other, you know, non secondary options that, uh, might be out there for what we covet, uh, in, in, a, tra- in the traits of an offensive lineman. Um, this is a very, very good class from an offensive tackle perspective to take a look and, and try to solidify that left tackle of the future. Um, you know, taking a look at uh, some of the guys that you anticipate to maybe be around that twenty-five range or later. Um, you know, you, you anticipate Andrew Thomas to be gone, and Je- Jedrick Wills, and and um, the Iowa, the Iowa kid. I'm drawing a blank. Um, Worse, worse, and worse. Uh, you you anticipate those guys being gone, but you know, some some individuals I like. uh, I I, you're not going to hear a lot about him this um, combine because he's still recovering from surgery and an injury. But Lucas Niang has got kind of got my attention. Played 2019 hurt, um, and he's really been battling this labrum injury in his hip for since 2018. Uh, but his 2018 tape uh, is fantastic. And his 2019 tape, even though his uh, some mechanics started to slip a little bit, just given the fact that he was working through that injury, he still maintained um, relatively good work there. Uh, he definitely improved in his run blocking, but uh, he maintained some solid um, pass blocking as well. Um, so you're not going to hear a lot of buzz about him uh, for the Combine. Uh, but keep an eye out on him as, uh, the pro days start coming. Cause I think he thinks he's going to be healthy for that. That Prince Tega Wanago. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. Wanago. He's intriguing. Uh, I think he's a little bit more raw, but just he, the skill set or just the intangibles, right? The, the length, the size, the speed, um, his ability to get out on the second level are all there. So if we can clean up some of the technical footwork and the hand placement and, and whatnot. Um, hopefully through Rick Dennison being a, a, the OL guru, right? Um, hopefully they can really turn him into a high level starter. And then, um, you know, obviously the, the, the hot name for us right now is Josh Jones. Um, again, a bit more raw, uh, from a experience standpoint. I mean, he, he played at Houston and, and he's done a great job, but you know, there are a lot of things that he can improve on. But the, the, again, the things that you can't teach that the length, the size and the speed, um, that we need in our offensive tackles to, to kind of get out in space and run into that uh, zone blocking scheme. There's really some really great options. Uh, A couple other ones I'll just throw out there. Austin Jackson. I, I really like this Minnesota, this St. Joseph, uh, uh, St. John's kid, Ben Barch. Uh, he, he, I, I, I looked up at some of his tape and it, again, it's, it's not eye popping. It's not like, oh, wow, this guy's going to be a star. Uh, but he, he fights, he's a dog and and he's got some sneaky athleticism for his size. So, um, you know, those are a couple of guys that I, I think that we should definitely be looking at heavily uh, as we enter the uh, draft season.
1: Okay. So let me ask y'all, does the combine matter? Are are these guys you mentioned, if they have a bad combine, will you strike them off your list? Or is there a guy who, if he does well at the combine, will be on your radar? Also
0: so I can start this. So for me, I'm not gonna take a guy, I'm not gonna like drop a guy completely because of a combine unless they're like completely tank. Most guys, if if you're watching guys you're watching a guy and they play looks like a 4-4 speed type of player for example we'll talk like wide receiver or cornerback or something um their play on the field and on tape looks like they play fast they look like they play 4-4 and they end up running like a 4-5 that's not that big of a deal to me because they play fast so their speed their speed their play on the field is might not match their exact 40 time but i believe at the same time if they're playing up to up to their standards on on tape it's not that big of a deal to me um if guys Surprise you. Um, there are guys that you know they might run a lot faster than you expected them to run. Those are the guys that I usually go back and watch and say, do they play a little slower on tape then? Because I didn't expect that. Because most fast guys you expect them to run fast. So when they don't, or if the flip flip is they they don't look that fast on tape, but then all of a sudden you see them run and they're running four threes, four low four fours, and you, it surprises you. It's one of those situations where you want to make sure you go back and and watch the film to make sure that what's not what's not adding up here, um, because that stuff to me, that stuff kind of matters. When you're looking at offensive linemen, you want to just kind of see 10-yard splits. To me, I don't really, I don't care as much about a four-yard dash because you're not asking your <laughs> most linemen to run 40 yards consistently. Um, you might be looking at maybe 10 to 20-yard splits more than anything for an offensive lineman. Uh, asking them to run 30, 40 yards into plays. <laughs> not exactly fair, but uh, and and that's not something that I, I need them to be extremely fast to do that. Uh, but you want that you want that explosiveness off the ball, uh, and then it's a lot of like to me to me more of the agility work. I view a lot of that as more and the technique as more important than, than the true like numbers and like how fast guys are. There are there are obviously like thresholds you'd like to see certain positions and certain guys hit for each one of them but I want to see how they're doing it and how um, fluid they are. Okay, DB, do you want to see how fluid they are in and out of their breaks? How are their hips? Do you have oily hips or do you have stiff hips? Um, you can you can pretty much tell that in a lot of the drills that you'll see. Um, in the wide receiver, for wide receivers and tight ends when they're running routes, are they quick and in and out of their breaks? Um, are they making the right motions? Are they When they break down, how are they doing it? How are their cuts? Are they rounding their... Um, their speed outs, how, how are they rounding their um their breaks, stuff like that. Are are they rounding sorry, are they rounding their breaks? Should they be all that all that good stuff? They're small, small little things that you look at when you watch guys and and you want to make sure for route running route running and, and catching the ball and and all that. That's important. I like to just see the guys compete more than anything. I don't I know people make a big deal about guys that opt out to perform at the combine. I don't really think that matters too much. I mean there are there might be some question marks for some guys like like Tyler Johnson, the the University of Minnesota Golden Gopher wide receiver, he's opted to apparently not uh, do anything besides interview this week now um, when originally it sounded like he was just going to not run his 40, but it sounds like he's not going to do any of the on-field work or at least the agility work and the testing, which to me is not he's – he's not one of those guys. He's one of those guys that needs to prove himself a little bit more even though his tape was really good. I believe that he just needs to prove – some of that but to me at this at the same time he has his you only get one shot to do it um whether he because if he does it at his combine people aren't going to care as much about the pro day they can they're going to just jump back to the combine and say well he didn't do it at the combine so if if he can light up his opportunity at the pro day there's his one opportunity he's not going to have the only negative at the combine is well he didn't do it if he tests well at the pro day nobody's going to really care about what he didn't do at the combine so there's there's a lot of that. I'm kind of getting down to the rabbit hole now, but for me, the combine, it, it has its merits and it is important in some capacity, but it shouldn't be the end-all be-all. The tape should be the most important thing of what you're doing with these guys. You should have grades on guys going into the combine and those grades shouldn't drastically change because of the combine.
2: Yeah, I, I Good or bad. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, I think the combine, I mean, it can help certain people like a Tyler Johnson. If people are Questioning speed, uh, but again, the the end all be all really needs to be the tape. Are they creating separation against the elite competition that they end up getting to face? Are they, you know, um, do they perform well in on the big stage in those big moments? and And can you can you pull that from the tape? I think that's most important. Uh, I mean, you take a guy, you take a look at a guy like Orlando Brown who. Obviously, I was a big big fan of uh, Oklahoma cred there, but he he bombed the combine, and I I think that literally that combine took him from a borderline end of first, early second round pick to middle of the third, and it cost him a lot of money, but he's an excellent right tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. The tape showed that he was going to be an excellent tackle for whoever drafted him because I don't think he let up a sack his senior year. So, so I think it, it, it's a helpful tool to, again, kind of see some of the question mark things, but it can also really hurt prospects. I mean, even even DK Metcalf last year, um, obviously certain aspects of the combine was great, but and then his agility stuff really uh, gave him a big knockdown down of the board here, and he ended up falling to the end of the second round he's a fantastic receiver in the NFL. So it, it, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting. I think it's more important for, the, you know, those guys who are more viewed as late uh, late round prospects or mid-round mid, mid prospects. And, and hopefully they can get a jump up, a few of those, you know, like Terry, uh, what's a, a F1. You know, I, I don't know how to, McLaurin. I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, well,
0: yeah, and I think teams just like to see these guys, how they stack up with their competition all in the same place you this is the only opportunity you're going to see all these guys in the same room um doing the same things at the same time and so i think that that has a some merit and some weight from the from teams like hey this guy stack how does this guy stack up with that other guy standing next to each other doing the same drill how does that how does that work for each all those guys and and that and that competition aspect of it i just think teams just love to find ways to add as much competition into things as they can so that's exactly what this is, and um, not to mention the the interviews and all that are are extremely important for for players when they when they talk to teams as well too. So um, a lot of those things go into it that we don't even get to see or be a part of. But um, getting to watch the on field, um, it's fun. It's um, but it's it's one of those things like Ryan said. It's it's important, but it's not it's
2: not the end all be all by any means. And it's funny uh, actually. One of the uh, Mike Zimmer sound sound bites today was he he finds zero or relatively little value in the interview portion of the combine. And he just wants to see them out on the, out on the field, which I just kind of, I think that's funny. That he, yeah. That's, I kind of found that interesting because yeah, well, coaches typically are, they, they do value that interview. And he basically said, you know, the, the interview is not worth much unless, you know, you can get them up there and telling them to, um, you know, drop a play that happened this year that, you know, and what your responsibilities were and what happened on that play. And yeah, you know, yada, yada. And that's what they do. Yeah. Game. The interview is <laughs> just
1: rehearsed, man. that's why Zimmer doesn't find it valuable. Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: But it but it matters because you want to see how guys are and how they how they react and, and do that. But they're definitely trained. So I, I agree there are some degrees of it where it's not as as important as it as you'd think it should be.
1: I think we had a really good talk. We had you know, we went over the Zimmer interview, the Spielman interview, what to look for at the combine, some key players, getting ready for the draft. I I think we're it's a good little show we got here. All right. Well, another news story in the NFL right now is the new collective bargaining agreement, and you know we got the owners approve the deal. It's got the seventeen games in there, new playoff structure in there. The players have to vote on it now, and how it works basically is owners approve it, then it goes to the NFLPA for a vote. The NFLPA just has the officers vote before it goes to the entire league the officers it's just it's one player from every team so it's 32 players voting on this they passed the collective bargaining agreement 17 to 14 i think one guy abstained so my question is do you guys know who the officer of the NFLPA is for the Minnesota Vikings We've got one officer and two alternates. Uh, is, is it Kyle Rudolph? It is not Kyle Rudolph.
2: I I think That's I would have said it. yeah, either him or Everson Griffin. Yeah, senior leader on the team.
1: Yeah, and so they they vote on it every other every even numbered year. So Adam Thielen is the Vikings NFLPA officer. The co-alternates are Kirk Cousins and Steven Weatherly. So Hmm. just an interesting trivia fact. I think the Vikings tried to keep it, you know, have a, a good variance between team leader and give some other leadership responsibilities to people who aren't team captains. Of course, Kirk Cousins is both, but you got you've got a young, highly paid quarterback in there you've got adam thielen you know self-made man minnesota man representing our purple for the nfl pa and you got uh stephen weatherly you know a uh, seventh round pick who's scrapped his way to making the squad so just a little bit of trivia to end the podcast He's also really, a really smart guy from vanderbilt you, you know it. i'm not i wasn't gonna toot my own horn there but I, I I think that's a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining me, Miles, Ryan, Matt. So sorry you got disconnected, but we'll get you back next time. Great talk. Let's see how these guys test for the NFL Combine. Let's see what moves the Vikings start free agency with. We should do probably do another podcast before then. So until next time. Oh, yeah, cool. definitely. Until next time. Skull Vikes!